Welcome to Teach Out Loud Podcast, where we highlight all the amazing educators in our state and beyond that are making a difference every day for kids. Teach Out Loud is about bringing your passion and your best self to what you are doing every day. It's trying new things, sharing ideas, and being the best version of you. It's living life to the fullest, growing, and not being afraid to take those risks. Come on this journey with us and Teach Out Loud. I'm Travis Lape. And I'm Lisa Norris. And together we are on a journey to share and highlight amazing things happening in schools today. Welcome to another episode of Teach Out Loud. Lisa, I am so excited about our guest today. Mr. Dan Klumper is from Worthington, Minnesota. He graduated from Augustana University. (laughs) Every time a guest is from Augustana, we get the Skull Vikings. With a degree in secondary education and history. Dan knew he wanted to teach high school, but after teaching at Axville Park in Sioux Falls, he knew he was meant to teach middle school. Bless his soul. Yeah, I was going to say, special people teach middle school. He was hired by the Brandon Valley School District to teach sixth grade social studies. He did that for nine years, then obtained his master's in technology education from Dakota State University. He served as a middle school social studies instructional coach for the Sioux Falls School District, and now is currently a professor with the College of Education at Dakota State University. He lives in Brandon with his wife, Abby, who teaches fifth grade ELA social studies. He has three daughters in the Brandon Valley School District, Olivia, who's a junior, Isabel, who is an eighth grader, and Hazel, who just started kindergarten. Oh, this is like my Riker. My Riker just started kindergarten, too. It's such a fun age when they're getting excited about school. We always start off our uh, podcast with your why, as why you got into education. Can you give us a little bit about your why and how you got started there? Yeah, um, I'd love to. Uh, Great question. Um, However, my answer is not all that exciting, honestly. Um, (laughs) So I went I went to college planning to be a computer programmer um, and after the first semester of that I, I found out quickly that coding is not my thing uh. and so that kind of put the put the kibosh on computer programming so I was thinking about that after my first semester at Augie I was thinking about my you know future my, my path and well I, was, I, I thought to myself I, I really like working with kids um, I worked with kids a lot in high school at the YMCA for my dad and I like coaching and rapping things like that. And I really like history. So what, what could I do that um, do, does both sure. teaching? So, cause nobody in my family was a teacher. Um, we obviously went to school and college, but um, I thought maybe I should be a high school, uh, like a history teacher. And then I could do, you know, both of those interests. And so I, I got into teaching uh, into the teaching major with just, like lukewarm interest, I would say. I, I was not like super passionate from the get-go of, of being a teacher. Sure. Um, however, that's one of the best decisions I've made because um, in the years since, I have found out that this is definitely the place for me. And I'm so I'm really glad I, I decided to do that. Um, so that's kind of my why as far as getting into education or maybe the how. Um, I guess I'd also share... Um, the why of going to Dakota State to work with undergrads. That's what yeah. I just I love ask the middle you. school world. Yeah, it's a huge okay, difference so there. I, I love the middle school world. I love my time at Brandon Valley Middle School. And honestly, um, do miss parts of that because there's just so much action in the middle school. Mm-hmm. Always so many things going on. It's that age of student is so fun to work with. Um, but I decided that I wanted to go to um, Dakota State and work in the College of Ed with undergrads because I wanted to be part of um, forming the mold of teachers that are going to 
go out and you know be the next wave nice. um I, I felt like that could be a way because unfortunately you know not all teachers are awesome <laughs> what <laughs> i didn't teachers, know <laughs> not all teachers uh, are pirates so i wanted to be part of something that i felt like was really meaningful and that is helping mold these college students into uh, passionate empathetic dynamic creative educators and so that's that's what I found here and I'm really glad to be part of it so so since you brought that up of your transition from k-12 education to post-secondary Dan maybe what is the biggest aha moment that you've had in your four years at Dakota State of the idea of coming in and being a professor and being that making that mold to what is maybe even reality of what are what are some of the challenges that you have you're still facing as a professor to really start to try to make that mold. Sure. Right, great. Yeah, great question. Um, I would say one one challenge right off the bat was going from middle school social studies which is teaching the same lesson five times a day. <laughs> now entering the college world where I have multiple classes like oh my gosh, that's foreign to me having to teach four different classes, some online, some in person. So just the nature of the of the world for me was very different. Um, and it was very overwhelming, honestly, to, to start with. Um, so that was a challenge. But with time, you know, you build things up and things get to be um, easier, smoother, and in, in kind of, you kind of figure some things out. Um, as far as like some aha moments, honestly, the aha moment was um, early on where I thought to myself, yeah, I can honestly really make a difference. Like, education professors can make a big difference with their undergraduate students. Like I, I found that um, for the most part, all of our undergrads are just, they're there, especially in the methods courses, they're ready to just soak up any sort of nice. um, teaching strategies, um, you know, like insights, <laughs> experiences. They're, they're ready. Like they want it. And I, I feel like um, as, as they've passed through the years and then into student teaching and into the job, you know, the, the real classroom, it's, it's been evident that we can really, I do feel that we can really have a, have a pretty strong impact in, in making that mold to what kids need. Sure. Well, well, I love the way you amped up your classroom with, can I go this direction with the book? Um, you wrote the book, Ancient Quest, um, to bring some excitement to what you were teaching with your standards. And I guess I would like to know myself, because that's on my bucket list. I think it's on Travis's bucket list. I want to write a book. Um, one I want to write, you know, for teachers, another one just for kids, but it's the process. I think everybody gets stuck in. How do you go about that? How do you start that? Could you give us some, some tips maybe to our listeners? Sure. So the, the idea of, of ancient quest came about from me going through the years teaching sixth grade social studies at Brandon Valley. And we had the textbook and we had, you know, various websites that we could find things from, but I, I wanted a I wanted a story that students could follow along with the main character and learn about these ancient worlds um, through story rather than through strictly like nonfiction informational type stuff. Sure. Like everyone loves a good story, and I wanted one of those for my world, but I couldn't find anything. Like I could find a I could find like Percy Jackson has ancient Greece. I was gonna say um, right. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's things like that, but I wanted one book with all of my ancient worlds, which ended up to be eight. Like okay, Mesopotamia. So, 
So pause. Sure. For our listeners, if we recap here, this is a gentleman who said he was lukewarm about teaching, <laughs> who is now entering sixth grade social studies and decides to write a book to engage <laughs> his kids. So if this proves anything, Mr. Klumper, it proves that you do have the heart for teaching and yeah. learning and that you saw a problem and you wanted to attack it. Yeah, your passion is definitely there for sure. Continue on with the story. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah, so... Um, so like Mesopotamia, Stone Age, Egypt, China, Greece, Rome, medieval times, I wanted, I wanted one book to read. I wanted one novel for my students to read with all of that stuff in there to read the story and to learn about some of the major things like irrigation, um, mummification, the, the Great Wall of China, the Silk Road, um, the Black Death, these major things that we come across in these ancient worlds. And so um, I, I couldn't find anything as I mentioned, so I decided to write my own book. And how did you do that? Um, like, what did you just sit down and knock it all out one day? And then like, how do you, what's the process? Well, you, if you were to ask my wife what the process was, she would say um, a lot of time <laughs> neglecting his kids ah, and okay. sitting at the keyboard and hacking away, <laughs> but it's all in the name of education. So that's, that's it. It's what you got to do. So the, the process was, um, I did not, uh, I did not sit down and write it all at once. I wrote a chapter each month as we went through that, that first, that school year when I started to do okay. this. Um, so for example, the first unit is stone age. So I wrote the stone age chapter and I just distributed it through like, you know, online or maybe I printed it off and my students read it and then, um, they, they liked it and they were actually kind of almost standalone chapters as we went through that year. And then. They just really liked the chapters and they enjoyed reading and they'd ask me if, you know, when the next one's going to come and things like nice. that. And so, and that's um, honest feedback coming from them as well, you know? So, yeah. And I would just say straight up, like, do you like the story? You know, I'll just put myself out there as much as possible. Do you like, did, did you like the story? Did you like the main character's name is Johnny? Like, did you like um, what Johnny did in ancient Egypt when he had to mummify King, uh, you know, Pharaoh Khufu? And yeah, I got some good feedback and they, they really enjoyed it. Um, and so at the end of the school year, I had eight chapters and they were kind of standalone chapters. However, I had an idea that I was going to kind of put it all together into an actual book. So sure. there was weaving going in and out. Um, and, and so the ancient quest kind of tied everything together because um, Johnny has to go. He's a time traveler. So he goes back to these ancient worlds and he's trying to complete a task in, in each world. If he completes the task, like if he figures out how to start fire, if he figures out how to irrigate in the desert, if he figures out how, how to mummify accurately, things like that, he'll pass the, the, that task and then he'll move on to the next world. And um, if he's able to get all eight, then he saves the tiger, which happened to be something actually from book one because Ancient Quest is actually a sequel. Okay. But it's a, it's a standalone sequel. You don't have to read the first one in order to read Ancient Quest. And okay. so, yeah, I just spent this, the summer basically um, polishing it, making it uh, flow with the, you know, the, ep the prologue, epilogue, um, just packaging it, working on the cover. Because the thing with self-publishing, you're the, the writer, the editor, the graphics person, you just do everything. <laughs> well, that's what I was going to ask you. So you just did the self-publishing thing online. Like you didn't go to a company. Did you like hire an illustrator? Did you do, I mean... You know what I mean? Well, yeah, yeah, good question. I 
I didn't hire anybody to, to help me with this. I probably should have had someone help me edit it because um, I was really getting sick of reading through it. Okay. Um, and there could have probably been a, a, a fresh set of eyes that maybe would have improved it even more. But um, like the cover isn't all that special. It's cool honestly. though. It catches your eye. I guess, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> even though it, the listeners can't see the cover, it's just a picture of a tiger. Um, so yeah, I just, I, I did it online through a site called lulu.com, L-U-L-U. And okay. it's actually a really good site for self-publishing. It produces really good, like really professional looking books. I did paperback. Um, you can also do hardcover with a dust jacket. Um, so it's a, it's an awesome site and it, it doesn't cost really anything except for the books when you order them. Um, so the I would, part would probably be marketing though, right? Like, like if you sign up to a, a major company, they do a lot of the marketing for you because they're going to get a chunk of, you know what I mean? Right. So was that yeah, a hard for thing sure. for you was to market it or not? It was up, it was up to me to market it. Um, I didn't really market it a whole lot. I guess my motivation was to create something for my students. Um, although one summer I did reach out to as many sixth grade socialist teachers in South Dakota that I could, that I could just to let them know this was available in case they thought it might be sure. a value to them and their, in their world, because, you know, they're also teaching the same stuff. And, you know, there's a handful of people that did get classroom sets. So that was cool. Um, so yeah, the, 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 the self-publishing site, they don't do anything for you unless you get a paid sure. package. Cool. It sounds a lot, I think about in first grade, the series right. uh, Magic Treehouse with Jack and Annie and they travel in time, you know, kind of thing. Kids, yeah. can, kids can relate to that. I myself love, you know, those kind of series. I'm going to have to read your book because it sounds interesting. But <laughs> do you want to ask about the gamifying and travel? Yeah, so I think this takes on another spin of what you're really passionate about is, is how to engage uh, learners in the classroom with, with really authentic tasks. And so can you maybe speak about how this ancient quest book and concept now has kind of morphed into now how you're gamifying some of your college level courses for future social study teachers? Sure. So um, I gamify LED 360, which is social studies methods, and they take that class right before student teaching. And the objective of that class is to learn how to teach social studies um, however, not all of my students go on to teach social studies. Some go right. on to teach seventh grade math. Some go on to teach kindergarten. So the gamification piece, I feel like allows me to reach the course objective, which is teach them how to teach social studies, but also give them an experience that, that can look so many, like so many different things, no matter what world they go into, um, they can bring pieces with them, even though it's a social studies methods course. Well, basically, so, you're helping them think outside the box to what right. if, think about what if I did this and how could I do that, which is great. Yeah, I, I really try to make sure that things we do are not solely like social studies specific. Yep. We just happen to be using social studies content, but you could put in science content, you could put in third grade stuff. I mean, so that that's not, I don't do that the entire time, but I try to do that as much as possible because I, th I feel like that's beneficial. Mm -hmm. Since they're cool. going, they're going all sorts of different ways, you know. What is what is maybe one of the cooler things that you've seen in your in that methods course come come from that type this type of environment? Um, I would say 
I would say just um, the fact that they make comments to me or they leave feedback when it when when they talk about just how how much they loved coming to class. Like oh. they they just felt like it was such a unique experience being able to live in the realm of dragons. So you can go to LED 360 or you can live in the realm of dragons and, and interact with your house. So like those cool. are two different things. Okay. <laughs> so um in fact there's a uh, there's a sign right there in front of me on my wall behind my computer that says experience and so i always try to make it make everything as much as possible into this experience and so um through, through the feedback they just feel that it just feels different and so if i present if i take a day and present to them on what gamification is all about and then move on right. that's it, i mean it's not going anywhere right, right, it's, gonna right. Just, it's gonna die out but if they're able to experience and really feel it, feel what it's like as a student um, throughout a whole semester, then there's a, a lot higher chance of them applying some of that into their own world because they know what it feels like and they know, um, you know, that it works essentially. So there's there's a lot of different parts to the gamification to the realm of dragons. Um, a lot of it highlights things like voice and choice, like a lot of choice, a lot of self-paced. Um, things a lot of it is optional um, so I just I just think it gives them a good idea of what that's all about like X quests working towards badges boss battles pod we have a, our own podcast and and all of it is geared towards how to be a teacher and so it just gives them a lot of different ideas and variety of ways to interact with the content learn how to be a teacher work together collaborate be creative so I, I feel that. like there's a lot of a lot of good aspects to it sure wow that's 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 good information i mean a lot of our listeners are going to be checking into those things that you just talked about um when we end our show though um dan we talk about um a shout out which is basically if you had some information or ideas or thoughts that you want to shout out to our listeners what would that be so yeah this is a great question i feel like um the main thing I would say to your listeners who could be current teachers, um, first year, lots of experience, maybe undergrads, like whoever, variety of people, but more, more than likely they're in education. Sure. Right? And so what I think is really important to hear and just to understand or to maybe be reminded of is a, an educator has, has such an awesome responsibility to impact the lives of kids. Like sometimes I think we might get so wrapped up in all of the things of teaching and education and school and students and learning that sometimes maybe we lose track of that a little bit. So if at all possible, I like to take as many opportunities as I can to remind people and remind myself that um, we just have such a, such a huge responsibility to impact students. Um, maybe trying to change the world is a bit lofty but you can definitely <laughs> change the world of your students and like you can totally like, teachers can totally do that and just and just give them experience give them something that you know breaks the mold gets them excited about learning um, okay. helps them reach their potential so yeah i guess just um remind yourself however you want to do that just remind yourself to you know work and put that put that consistent effort in to make that impact because we have such a great chance to do that. 
I'm thinking about Spider-Man, you know, yes. with great power comes great responsibility. Great quote. <laughs> Famous quote, man. <laughs> There's always a place for Avengers. Uh, <laughs> thanks so much, Dan, for being with us today on Teach Out Loud. And until next time. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook. Be part of the community, be part of the solution. And until then, Teach, teach Out Loud. Out loud.